My name is Thomas and I'm here with my wife, Marcia. And today we're talking about before I got married. Yep. <laughs> so we just thought it's it's nice to look back to our lives before we became husband and wife and just draw out some wisdom from it. Look at what has changed for us now and look at the different areas of life. I used to budget alone. I used to wake up alone in bed and now I wake up and there is another man, another woman laying beside me. And it's just nice how life has changed. And from time to time, it's, it's a bliss really to look back to my single days and look at the things that I valued and look at the things that I value now and just look at the dynamics in each of these stages in life and like I said, draw out some wisdom from it. So this is what we're going to talk about today. Back call to marriage. So call to marriage. Bem-vindo ao called to marriage. We are called to marriage. All right. Today's scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 7 from verses 25 to 34. It reads, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But even if you do marry, you have not sinned, and if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh but I, I would spare you. But this I say, brethren, that the time is short, so that from now on even those who have wives should be as, they, as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they did not possess. And those who use this world as not misusing it. For the form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There's a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Amen. <laughs> I believe that this is a weighty scripture. I'm nobody's biblical teacher. I think it's helpful to hear the word and it's worth sharing it, even if we don't explain it. Just for you to be exposed to the living word of God is of benefit to you who are listening. But if I could draw something out, maybe what actually kind of drew us to the scripture today is the fact that from this scripture, we can gather that marriage is good and singleness is also good. I feel like that's that's my takeaway from, from this. So that today we're talking about life before marriage. And um, if you're single out there listening, it's good. And if and when you get married, it's also good. And each one has its uh, benefits or mm -hmm. advantages and disadvantages so that's all i've got to say about today's scripture mm. what stood out to me um was in verse 
29, two verses actually. Verse 29 and verse 33. Verse 29 says that, But this I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to 33, it says that, But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Mm-hmm. And then we've, we've also, it also read that, uh, the virgin of the one who is unmarried cares about the things of the Lord. So it actually blends in. I'm not trying to explain it, but that's what I picked from it. Mm-hmm. That even those who are married should be as though they are not, are not married. married. And then while they are as though they are not married, it goes on to say that those who are unmarried care about the things of the Lord. Precisely. So that to be clear, because, <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're single, you don't think straight. You <laughs> you can make all kind of justifications for things. Well, this is not really about a single person. This could be maybe a, a married person who's struggling. You can also become delusional. <laughs> so um, being acting as though you're unmarried doesn't literally mean acting as though you don't have a wife. But the the correlation that Thomas drew out, I think, is the idea of not caring for the things of the world, but caring for the things of God. Every human being, married and unmarried alike, Mm -hmm. should care for the things of God foremost above anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very important. Both the married and the unmarried are for God. Mm -hmm. If you're married, Paul is advising that act as though you are not so that you'd care about the things of God, both in body and in spirit, mm-hmm. so that you submit yourself to God mm-hmm. in those ways. And if you're unmarried, you are no different. You still have to care about the things of God. So whether marriage or no marriage, the significant thing here is that we are to submit both our bodies and our spirits onto God. So you could be married and still be very much pursuing God. Although, admittedly, Paul said that the married woman cares about how to please her husband. It is true. Mm-hmm. However, she's also called to act as though she were not married. So you're married, you're caring about your husband, but it's also very important that if you're a husband or a wife, you care or you think as though you are not. In a spiritual way, I believe, so that you still be in pursuit of God. So as a single person, pursue God. When you're married, you have the opportunity to serve the needs of your husband or your wife. However, you don't throw away your pursuit for God mm-hmm. or your pursuit of God. Mm-hmm. You are still called to think as though you are not married, even though you are. Yeah. That made a little more sense to me somewhere in my mind the more you spoke, but it's, I'm going to have to it's a meditate way on it. I mean, meditate we're not on it. talking yeah. about that. We, we could talk about that, but perhaps not this time. We want to talk about before we got married. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to talk yeah. about when we were single. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So let me ask you, what comes to your mind when you think about your single days? 
you know, <laughs> uh, when I was single, I know that when I was single, I wanted to be married. So sometimes at times I thought to myself that perhaps by God's grace alone anyway, if it were my plight to be single all of my days, then perhaps I could do it. Well, definitely I could do it with God's strength. But my heart's desire, I would say, was to be married. And I definitely struggled physically, struggled with hormones and whatever, you know. It wasn't easy. So that's it like that's like a, a blaring difference, right? Like the thing that the big difference between being married and unmarried, there are two. One is the physical satisfaction, the physical needs being met. And the other one is the companionship and intimacy, which comes with two two people becoming one flesh and one and one period. Yeah. So the needs that I had before or the cravings, I could say, that I had before uh, were so strong at times that I fell into sin, actually. <laughs> mm. I, and I was a virgin before I got married, but there are other things that people do wrong so <laughs> just because you're a virgin yeah. doesn't mean you're perfect so <laughs> nah, nah. so um yeah it was very hard it was very hard um so life before marriage though at times it was it was fine but certain times it just comes over you that you have a strong craving for physical you know intimacy with the opposite sex <laughs> um and big difference between, you know, me being married now, I just am completely satisfied. I don't have, that's like something I don't think about at all anymore. It's like a zero. It's a non-issue <laughs> in my life. Mm. Yeah. Completely satisfied by my husband. So sex and sexuality and whatever, it's, it's not something I really, I'm not saying I don't think, I mean, because it exists in marriage. So, and it's for marriage. So obviously I think about it, but not in that way that I did as a single person. And I don't have those cravings as I did as a single person. Mm -hmm. Number one. Number two, to mention the companionship side of things. I think that was something that I definitely knew I needed, but maybe I didn't even realize the extent to which I needed it. Such that little things that I enjoy now that I, I wasn't necessarily thinking about as a single person, but that, that I now do as a married person just taking like we can take cuddling just as a very simple example. Cuddling is physical intimacy, but it's but there's more to it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's emotional, it's spiritual, it's like yeah. it's deep. So and I didn't even realize that I really needed that. So um, but having a life partner, having a, someone committed to you, having someone who's by your side. I mean, that's a big difference. Um, as a married person, I didn't have that as a single person, but I did have friends. So life before marriage, my friends were wonderful and um, I could confide in them and I could trust them. But it's just like having this one person now. I have one single person, you know, mm -hmm. who plays that role and fulfills that for me. And it didn't. Um, what's the word? It didn't like erase my friendships, but it did change the nature of them. Hmm. Um, as a single person, 
eh, my 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 life would have been in a total different direction. You know, I was thinking about grad school. I was thinking about, and I'm not necessarily completely off of that, but I mean, I've taken a completely different track. As a single person, I'm not thinking about having kids necessarily yet because first comes marriage, then comes kids. <laughs> so, you know, marriage was the thing that was at the top of my mind. And then I had a bunch of other things, you know, as far as career and whatever pursuits I had in mind at the time. But once I got married, now it seems to me that that's the foremost issue in my mind. I'm married now, so I want to start having kids. More so than pursuing a graduate degree or furthering my studies somehow or having the best job, pursuing like, like climbing the ladder, so to speak. Like those things interest me less. And starting a family interests me more and I'm more interested in how I'm going to raise, how we are going to raise those children. Um, so yeah, those things are on my mind now that really weren't on my mind as a single person. Um, as a single person, my relationship with God was good and I think it was, would still have been growing as it's growing now. But I shouldn't say as it's growing because not exactly the same way. I think it would have been growing just like right now as a married person, it's growing, but not in the same ways. So as a married person, the things that God has exposed about me <laughs> and showed me and that I'm able to work on about myself or that the Lord is dealing with me on really <laughs> are things that maybe wouldn't have I wouldn't have noticed or they weren't the things necessarily that I was praying about, about myself. Um, something like that. I don't know. I think, yeah, God, I've grown in ways that I can't even uh, like articulate, which is why I'm struggling right now. But I know it. I know that I have. I can somehow see it within myself. And other people have also told me that I've grown and changed. And so that's that's spiritual. That's also like in like just regular maturity of life as well. Um, but it's it's spiritual too. So as a single person, I would have still been growing, but maybe not in the same ways that I've grown as a married person. So yeah, I think those are the the main things. Mm -hmm. What about you? How have you mm -hmm. grown or or basically what was life like? for you as a single man <laughs> before you got married? What are the changes? Mm -hmm. Well, when I think about, I'm going to answer your question, but mm -hmm. I want to answer the same question that I posed to you. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> pose that question. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about my single years, I think about three things. Mm -hmm. I think about commitment and I think about friends and I would add family, friends and family. And I also think about pursuing God. So commitment was a very important thing to me when I was single. And it's something that I really delighted in. And I found myself committed to a lot of things. It's very hard for me to be in any form of relationship or any kind of friendship or in any association and be partial in it. In other words, like not fully involved. Not fully involved. It it has never happened to me. So as I was growing up, you know, when, when I was young and single, I mean I'm so young now, but <laughs> when I was single, 
commitment was very important to me. And little did I know that God was building me for my marriage. And so I was committed to the church. I was committed to um, certain NGOs that I worked with and worked for. And all those things shaped me. And now when I think about my single days, they really stand out to me. And I didn't even see them in the way that I see now, such that they, they formed my character. And that has been vital in my marriage. And so when I think about when I was single, I think about commitment. And I have friends who are younger than me who talk to me from time to time. And I tell them now, I, I, sometimes I intentionally ask them, what are you committed to? For the past maybe three, six months, what have you been committed to? Because I believe in being intentional when it comes to life. And I'm not claiming all the <laughs> praises for it. I didn't even see it. Like I said, I, I, I feel like God just blessed me with that. When it came to relationship, the easiest thing for me was being committed because that's, that was just who I, I am. I was and still who I am. So when I think about being single, I think about commitment. And I also think about friends and family. I had really good friends. I was committed to my friends as well. And my friends are just lovely. They are there for me. They were just an important part of my life. And even when we were getting married here in China, I had to rely on my friends to help me take this document here, run errands for me. And that just shows the kind of friendship that I had built before I got married. Now, when I look back into my single years, I think, oh, it's important to build quality friendship. It's really important. I, some of the things I've been through, I've done, I've been able to um, accomplish here in China wouldn't have been possible without my friends in Ghana. I guess I didn't see how important that was. But now when I look back, I am able to say, well, that's good friendship. That's a friendship that's full of trust. I, I trust my friends and they trust me too. And I think it's really important. I'm not saying that that's how every friendship should be, but that, that's the kind of friendship I had built when I was single. So, and family too. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of time with my family, like my mom, dad, and my sister, but I, I still enjoyed time with my family nonetheless. I had my grandmother and I had my sister. I, I lived with my mom for most part of my life. The kind of training I had from my mom, the kind of training I had from my grandmother and my grandfather. Having a sister who, um, who is five years older than me, just looking at her and how she did things. Everything just helped. The way my mom handled money, my mom's attitude towards giving and you know we learn from things that happen around us and so all those things were part of my singlehood or my singleness and I can't take them out so the church that I grew up in the Methodist church like we sang hymns and a lot of things even the church culture that I have been um, exposed to all the churches that I've been to, all the churches that I've served in, not only the Methodist Church, even though my family 
uh, are Methodists. All those things are paying off now. And I'm almost, I'm, I'm inseparable from all these things. So I would, I would say that my friends and family come to my mind when I think about my single days. I feel like I'm not doing justice to <laughs> really talking about the details, but yeah, I felt I, similarly. Yeah, I, we, perhaps as we go on, we can talk more. But mm -hmm. all I'm trying to say is that when I think about my days before marriage, the first three things that come to my mind are commitment, friends and family, and my pursuit for God, or you can say my pursuit of God. That was critical. Because I think it's crucial for any single person, especially men. Not that women don't need that, but I look at my vision for life, my purpose in life, and they're all tied to God. And I had a clear vision for my life. I had a clear, crystal clear purpose for my life before I got married. And they are very, very important because this world is full of distractions. It's, it's easy to get entangled into a lot of things, whether they're good or bad, and realize later that um, it's, it's, it actually turns into something else. So pursuing God when you're single is very important, as we read in that scripture. And I had an undying quest, and I still have an undying quest for God. I, I, I don't... I just want him more and more every time. And I didn't always used to be like that, but I developed that during my single years. And I started reading about marriage. I started caring about marriage. I started thinking about what kind of husband I would be and how to please God in my marriage way before I was in a relationship. And I'm, I'm talking about our relationship, my relationship with Marcy. And that was super helpful because there are going to be tides. There are going to be difficult times. And it's very easy to get lost in um, all those things when you don't really have a sense of your vision and you don't have a sense of purpose. So all those things ground you and you always remember what you're living for and who you're living for. And that is essential, very, very essential. People grow in their marriages as far as their spiritual growth is concerned. It's, it's nice, but I think it's nicer when you're already taking steps with God, when you already have an open heart for God, when you're already submissive to God, and you, have, you see things from the perspective of heaven. How I viewed women was important. How I viewed money in the eyes of God, how I viewed service, how I viewed giving, how I viewed a lot of things are very, are very important to my marriage. And these are the things that I'm using in my marriage now. So I imagine, I imagine to myself, well, if I didn't have this pursuit of God in me, if I didn't really care about spiritual matters and all these ideas about being married to Christ and Christ being the husband, what would what would my marriage be? What kind of husband would I be? How would I push through to convince myself that I need to serve my wife? It's not a want, it's a need. How would I convince myself in that way? So 
that was also important for me. And when it's a broad term that I use that my pursuit for God, it, it encompasses everything that I learned under his feet. Yeah. So these are the three things that I think about. Wonderful. Wonderful. Life before marriage. Okay. So if I were to ask you, what were your most important values as a single person? What would they be? Well, on the spot. <laughs> um, first of all, I think it's an, an important value for life. It's not about singleness. It's just about as us as humans. It is important for us to have a relationship with our creator and our Lord and our God. So I think that was and still is the most precious thing, if I can use that word for lack of a better one, that I have in this world and in this life. And it sustained me in my singlehood and it still sustains me in my marriage. So the value of just maintaining a relationship with God, it's helpful for every circumstance, not only knowing that you're loved, knowing that you have the ultimate friend, um, also to get help in difficult times. I mean, for so many reasons. I mean, God has done so much for us to give us hope. <laughs> um, so that that's probably number one, or not probably it is. Um, other values as a single person, I feel like I knew my worth. You know, I wasn't perfect at it, but I feel like I did. I knew my, I saw myself as a daughter of God and not, it's not really just about me. It's also about honoring God. So as far as like maintaining, you know, my sexual purity or, well, I didn't really, I don't just say, I'll just use the word virginity because that's all I, <laughs> that's all I had. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, Yes, I think it was important that I really cared about honoring God. And I also really knew that we were worth more than than to be living a, you know, raunchy lifestyle or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So that was an important virtue as a single or value uh, in my singleness. And I mean, life is a lot of things. Marriage is one aspect. So <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I was considering all the other things in my life, my value for family, for respons being responsible, a responsible human being. Like, yeah, not the best answer, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Everything mm -hmm. you said is good. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to answer that. Mm -hmm. So in my single years, I developed value for holiness. That would be my first answer. I, I, until this day, I never see anything that comes close. There's just something about a man or a woman desiring to be holy. It changes the way they think. It changes how they act. And, and I'm not talking about this, about holiness as, you know, a religious word that is just thrown at 
someone um, like involving some acts, some religious acts. No, I'm, I'm talking about a deeper desire to be holy and living a life out of that. So I, I always valued that. I always wanted to be a holy person. I always wanted to be consecrated unto God. And the second thing would be integrity. Mm. I just love to be a person of integrity. And I would say again, especially for men, there's just something about integrity that if a man doesn't have, just makes them into something else, less than who they should be. If your word cannot be trusted, if you live a phony life and you, you're like this today and you're like that today, ah, it's nasty. It's like filth. It's like filth in the spirit. Like you're spiritually filthy. You, your word cannot be taken for what it is. You say this today, tomorrow you say that. And I saw a correlation between pursuing integrity and being being a listener because when you value integrity, you, you suddenly you value your word. You, you place a huge significance on your word, what you say. So it just it's just like a follow-up sequence of things that happen that if you value integrity, you're going to value what you say. And if you value what you say, you'd rather listen more and talk less. And if you're talking less, you're making less errors in your speech because you value your word and I, I find that even in the nature of God, God says that he's elevated his word above everything, above even himself. So the word of God is so important to him that when he speaks, it stands. And that is lovely. I think he's made men in that same image that I, I want to value my word. And when you, if you read ancient history, anyone who is familiar with any ancient history document or text would see that playing out like kings queens met and they just gave each other their word like i give you my word there were no recorders there they, were, they didn't have all these things there and they valued their their word and when the king says that this is it that is it when the king gives a word to his servant to go and deliver it to another king they treat him with that respect that truly the king has said it and it's just nice to live like that so one holiness to integrity and Three will be courage. It's 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 very important. It's an important virtue. Without courage, you you would not endeavor to even do anything. I believe that that forms a huge part of the identity of the Christian. That a Christian should be a courageous person. I don't want to live as someone who is always waiting to fight back. I think it's a defeated life that I always think of myself as being attacked and I have to always defend. No, I, I think it's the other way around. I think of myself as someone who has been armed with so many things and out of that, I'm being called out to step out and do things. That is important in, as far as my identity is concerned. So courage is one of the things that I valued. And a lot of things, but just these three things, I would say are the top three. So holiness, integrity, and courage, being courageous. Great. Let's get into takeaways. I was going to ask you a question, another question. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about being single in, in a loose way. I, I want to know, 
how how life was for you as as an adult, not in a general way, but as an adult when you became adult, when you know you started taking responsibility and stepping out into the world and doing things, how it was for you. And when you look back to those days, maybe you can say life away from family a little bit, what things you, you've learned and how life was for you. What things I've learned, then that's me getting into the takeaways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I want, I want you to be specific in that season of your life. We talked about being single and having friends and doing all that, but you as a person... A single adult. Mm-hmm. How what 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 was life like? Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it all the while that I was single as an adult. I was longing to be in a relationship leading toward marriage or to be in marriage. So that aspect um, was hard for me, and I feel like even though I did value myself and I wasn't willing to just you know get with anybody, whether dating or whether any other kind of relationship, like as far as romantic relationship. I was not, I was very cautious and I think very much interested in honoring my body and honoring God. But at the same time, I was like, (laughs) I don't want to use the word desperate because it sounds so bad, (laughs) but for lack of a, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I was, I think the guys who I did like, I came on really strong, which I think a lot of women can relate to and have been through these days where, cause that's something I hear a lot in conversations. I listen to a lot of relationship combos and podcasts and whatever vlogs and whatever. So, and single people. And I know it's hard out here in these streets cause I've been there and I'm not that far from it. So I, I know the struggle. So I think that was a big part of my life really. Um, just trying to maintain like, but besides that, I mean, that's not the whole of a person's life, right? I feel like my life was in seasons and even though it was hard, I also feel like I embraced the seasons at the same time. So mm-hmm. like I had, you're talking about adulthood. So let's, let's say like starting from when I finished college, I mean, I had lots of things going for me and lots of things to think about besides just being in a relationship. So when I finished college, I thought I would be, or I knew I wasn't going to do what I originally planned to do when I started college. So I was basically making a career change. So that was, you know, consuming my time. I I was a substitute teacher and then I was saving money at the same time to do my English teaching certification and like, and those things were important seasons in my life. And then I had desires to go abroad. So I did the, the TEFL certification, English teaching certification in order to go abroad. But then I didn't go abroad. I stayed here. And all those things I think were spirit led, like I wanted to go abroad, but I didn't. I I ended up, one of the programs I applied for was a national service program. And I did that in AmeriCorps program for a year. And that was a, a very crucial part of my life. And at that time, friends and team and yeah, and mentorship and all that was very, very important to me in my, in that season. And then when I finished that, I went to Brazil and that was a very important season of my life. And still desperate. I remember this one guy who was my neighbor and I was like obsessed with him because it was like a dreamy movie where I could like see him through my window, you know, in the morning, like with no shirt on. (laughs) I'm telling you, and I was single, that was hard for me. But that's not like the main thing about my being in Brazil. I mean, it was a spiritual journey too. We're complex beings. That's just one aspect. 
I walked with the Lord like while I was in Brazil. I met amazing people and every season was so worthwhile. I don't regret anything about how my life turned out. It was unique. It wasn't like I just graduated and went straight into some, you know, stable job and climbed the ladder. No, I had a diversity of experiences and jobs and but each one was important. So that was how my life was like after Brazil. I worked headquarters for the same national service program. Then after that, came to China, came to China to find my husband. Who knew? I didn't make the decision based off that. All the while, I had the longing, but I didn't know that was what I was going to find here. As a matter of fact, I thought I probably wouldn't find it. I mean, I was open. I know the Lord can do anything, but I didn't know how many foreigners would be here. And, you know, we talked about that part already in another podcast. But so I wasn't dictating my decisions, you know, based on my desire to get married or something like that. No, I was walking with the Lord. But, you know, at the same time, that desire was always there. And he managed to fulfill it in his own way, in his own time. When I came to China, the least of all expected, you know, the least expected place at the least expected time. And his timing is perfect. And I can't think of anything else except gratitude. That's even my takeaway for today's episode is really like, I'm so grateful when I think about my life, even my maintaining my virginity and whatever, like I don't really credit myself, like looking back on it, I could, of course, I can always try to pull out things which I did or didn't do, but I feel like ultimately the grace of God is just so heavily upon my life that I I can't, I don't even feel worthy, like, and I, I don't even feel like I have any expert advice to give anybody listening, but the, the thing I hope to build you up with like the words that I say that I really want to really for you to take away and for you to be built up by are the words that no matter how imperfect you feel and no matter how imperfect your relationship with God is, because sometimes it will be that way. I always feel like I'm not praying enough. I'm not whatever, but it is worth it to have a relationship with God. It is worth it. It is we human beings need. It is of utmost importance and it's not even for him. He desires it, but we benefit. And he set it up so perfect. He reconciled us to himself. Like the door is wide open. Just run in. Like that's what you need for your life. There's nothing I can tell you about like living your single life and enjoying your single season and being content in your single season, whatever. Like you've heard it from other people. I don't need to repeat those things. I'm sure you've heard it in 10 other podcasts. Like walk with the Lord. And try desperately, like pursue him desperately, you know? (sighs) Getting emotional. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. So. Yeah, my life's not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes and I still make a lot of mistakes. But the thing that's consistent in my life, really the person that's consistent in my life is God. And God gives my life meaning and purpose. And that's what I wish for everybody who's listening. So if there's nothing else you get out of this podcast, not just this episode, literally every episode, like the objective is to draw you or for you to be drawn through our words to your creator that's what i've got (laughs) thanks babe yeah 
You're a wonderful speaker, by the way. I mean, once I get started, <laughs> I, <laughs> if I get rolling, it's like an avalanche. Oh, <laughs> I wish I had recorded a video today. The one day that we didn't record a video is the day that my wife gets emotional, you know? Yeah, I wish I had captured that. There's a lot to say, but I think I'm going to end exactly where you ended. I, I have no desire to say anything in addition to what you already said. So I think we can wrap it up here today. Even though I didn't share what I've learned, I think everything you said <laughs> is perfect. I I would do I would, I would do an injust an injustice job. What do you say? An injustice. I would, I would do an injustice if I attempt to even say more than you said because everything you said is perfect, and I like the sincerity with which you relayed everything you said. That's it. It's it's enough. Well, yeah. amen. <laughs> amen amen you see why i married her <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> i'm serious though you see why i married her uh, she's on fire <laughs> well thanks for the encouragement i look i look to you as my admiration and example after christ so i feel like i have a long way to go but i just know the lord loves me a lot it doesn't matter that I'm not where I want to be. He's sanctifying me day by day, and he'll do the same for you if you choose to live your life with him. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to draw the curtain here. It's been nice having you. We hope that you are edified and that you are drawn into a deeper relationship with Christ Jesus through his spirit and his word. So see you again next time on the next episode. Thank you for listening. We love you.